0: This is Taco Incidents, an unconventional masterclass where we learn secrets of breakthrough culture, brand experience, and human connection from the most brilliant leaders, all while we're on the search for the perfect taco. I met up with Clay Olson on Taco Tuesday at El Mexiquense in Lehigh, Utah. He is a man on a powerful and challenging mission to convince the world that porn kills love and that fighting pornography is cool. As the founder and CEO of the nonprofit organization Fight the New Drug, he is the fighter in chief on the battle to empower everyone against the dangers and harmful impact of pornography. I wanted to learn why he believes in the power of culture, brand experience, and human connection, what he does to create it, and how it's helped him thrive. All over tacos. It really doesn't get much better than this.
1: Well, so while there, the the organizers they took you um, out. Took me around a little bit, like to did, did you get some good tacos? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I got some. Tacos. Because that's like I got a
0: tragedy tacos. if you don't.
1: No, I got some. Okay, good. Good. I was blown away actually with with the quality of taco in Mexico City oh. compared to what we have here. Oh. I was kind of uh, surprised at just how. What, what we're missing? <laughs> really? Doesn't
0: it come down to that? I know, dude. I seriously, well, I've been leading Taco Tours to Mexico City for years, and, like, um, there's there's two things about Mexico City. Number one, um, the, there's, <laughs> like, it is, I'm usually an under-promise, over-deliver kind of guy, and, um, but I can, I, when I tell people, I'm like, okay, you're never gonna be the same. You're never gonna be able to eat tacos <laughs> the, the same, same right? after. You'll you'll never. You're, there's no going back because wow. you will have like the best tacos of your life there, yeah. and and um and it always. That's the case.
1: I didn't believe it until I went
0: there. I, I was I was a skeptic. Did you have what? Do you remember?
1: Oh no! But they, they brought out so many variations because because they were trying to like. Show me. Right? Wow, you, yeah. They're trying yeah. To say like, hey, no, look at what a real taco is like. And I, like, I don't know what a taco is. And then all of a sudden they brought us something. Okay, okay, fine, fine, oh. you win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These are well, These and are so my mind right exactly.
0: <laughs> and so the second thing about Mexico City that's really sad, actually, is the physical limitations of your stomach. Is well, that you just literally can't eat as much as you want to, because it's so good you just want to eat all the time. Yeah, but you can't. So you gotta like walk it off and go see the pyramids and go see the
1: cathedral and... <laughs> I'm actually going to Mexico City in like a... Well, not Mexico City, sorry. Mexico next, uh, in two weeks. Where are you going? Great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to Cozumel and... Uh, um, Guadalupe Carmen? I can't remember. Tulum? Cancun? No, so we're going to a couple of uh, the ruins. Where, where are the ruins? There's a few chichen Itza. Chichen Itza, we're going there. Okay. Yeah, anyway. For fun? Yeah, for fun. Mm. I don't often get to do that, but I'm doing hey, to this time. Hey,
0: knock yourself out. Good, good fun. move. fun, yeah. Um, so, if you're going to close, is it a cruise, or are you, yeah. f- oh, it is a it's cruise, close. okay.
1: So, Coast, I was yeah, going to
0: say, limited. yeah, you have, like, short amounts, it's like, okay, you got to, you get to see, we're docking, you get 20 minutes, ready, go. <laughs> I think we got
1: like, but, eight hours. Of no, but it's space. good. So and we we they'll take drive. you to
0: the ruins, and, yeah, that's awesome. We might, yeah. Uh, the reason why I ask is because there's, a, there's some really great taco places on the land side of Cozumel in Playa del Carmen. Okay. But, sounds like you're not talking all
1: really are, don't you?
0: Not all of them. No, no, no. That's why it's a, like, it's a constant search.
1: Okay. I, and actually, this is a genuine question. We can get into everything, but where's the best taco here in, in- yeah.
0: You're asking me that at a taco place. I mean, I haven't <laughs> had have these yet. I haven't <laughs> had have these yet, Maze. so I don't know. Um, uh, so it kind of depends on what taco you're, you're... Like, there's street tacos, and then there's, like, gourmet, like, restaurant-style tacos. Um, restaurant-style gourmet tacos, I would definitely say Oteo! <laughs> and um, and actually black sheep. black sheep. They have a hog jowl taco that is out of this world. But Oteo like crushes it on like their handmade tortillas and like carne with the shredded apple and the cochinita. Right. I mean, it's like crazy okay. good. Um, street tacos, my new favorite place is Tacos Mi Caramelo in okay. West Valley. West Valley. Yeah.
1: Good.
0: Yeah. We should go sometime. Yeah? Yeah. I'm always a, yeah. <laughs> you know what, let me get some napkins and water. Oh yeah, water. Tienen vasos para agua? Well, I'm really excited you're going to Mexico, man. Yeah. It, and so you've been you've been doing this, you've been on the fight. For how long?
1: Uh um, we let's see, we started nearly ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Actually this next month is ten years. Wow! Yeah, it's crazy to think how long, how, how long we've been at that. What does like, that feel? Yeah. Yeah, people, people kind of saying, like, Hey, yeah, I, I follow you guys, and you know, you guys, you, you started like what two years ago, and we're like, oh, gosh, it's been a grind <laughs> for ten years. Like, but people don't recognize right. just the amount of work that goes before it becomes more commonplace and more, you yeah. know, recognizable. Like, it's a lot of work behind the scenes. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. I mean, how does that feel to like look back? over 10 years of your life and dedication and blood, sweat, tears looking back at you know like what you've accomplished and the movement that you've created and the success you've had
1: uh, yeah good question um, it's very humbling uh, and I'd say like a, a profound sense of gratitude for for the journey and for what we've been able to learn and uh, um, the people that have, have you know been a part of this whole movement that have kind of made it what it is because of their impact in return. so it's just been a cool experience all around, and hmm. uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: Hmm. So how did it even all start for you? Like, this was, because you you were doing something totally different, yeah. running a creative agency, and yeah. and um, so what is how I does know, someone right? get into, like, <laughs> being the, the <laughs> standard bearer against pornography from a creative agency to you know
1: where yeah, you're I mean, at now. Yeah, that's probably the most common question I get is like, like why did you start this? Like how did? And, and it's a it's a legitimate and and uh, good question because this isn't something that you kind of think like while well, you're going to school like oh that's what I want to do. Like, right. This, this isn't like a normal career. Path, sure. Right. So I was doing my creative agency. Totally thought that was going to be my life. Got married. My wife kind of uh, you know thought that was going to be her life too right and and about six months into our marriage i said that i wanted to you know leave it sell it to my partners and start a nonprofit uh to educate young people on the harmful effects of pornography a very taboo topic that nobody wanted me to talk about yeah so I was just kind of like there was no uh it was very hard for people to see kind of the reason behind it and I would say, hello, oh. wow. Three very tacos, and one number two.
0: Perfect, wow, oh and you grilled the pineapple, thank yeah. you. Mil gracias, Em. Eh? Thank you, thank you. did, um, yeah, did you want beans? I have lots of beans, so you can have some of my beans. <laughs> Okay, this is wow. your veggie taco. I'm, ex- I'm glad you get it. Yeah, they they the just...
1: you get all, all shapes and sizes and kinds, right? Yeah,
0: man, that's awesome. I had a veggie taco re- recently. Mm-hmm. And? Mm-hmm. Yeah? They do it right for you? Yeah, the peas are really good. Mmm. They're homemade. I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, I kind of think you, you have to do homemade tortillas. It's just your duty. I mean, you run a taco shop, that's what you that's what responsibility you're signing up for. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, make got, you gotta make, right. exactly. You gotta make your own tortillas. So where do you? Because know, you live in where? You're in Salt Lake.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where, yeah. Whereabouts?
1: I'm in South Jordan. Area.
0: South Jordan. There's a big food truck park going in over there. Where? At the Hub. It's called the Hub. It's like indoor eating, and it's really cool it just launched it's Where? I, i'll find out so what is this this is al pastor which okay, is pastor. pork yeah
1: yeah
0: on the spit it. yeah that's, so lebanese immigrants brought that spit cooking idea to mexico city that's why al pastor exists so then they they made it with pork in Mexico and we put the pineapple on top and added the whole like put it in a tortilla and th- the you know onions and cilantro and um, this is a very interesting marinade though really? I haven't had this it's type good. of marinade e- interesting. E- it's different it's good it's good it's like it's uh, it's very it's almost like Christmas and al pastor oh. had a baby oh, wow. Yeah, it's like it's like That's a
1: really interesting combination.
0: It's like cinnamon. It's really? cinnamony. Yeah, it almost tastes like Feliz Navidad and a pig in a taco. Wow, that kind of sounds amazing. I'll be honest. It's, I mean, it's not a traditional al pastor flavor, so it's it's very it's it's interesting. It's good. I like it. Hmm. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it's nutmeg, but there's some sort of like holiday nutmeg. spice going on in there.
1: Mm. And that's not the uh,
0: pineapple. Mm-mm. It's a lot of, talk. oh, it's too bad you can't. I don't know. So I don't how long try. are you doing the no meat?
1: More of like a, like, can I do it? You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. will power flex mm-hmm. a little bit. And so trying it for three months. So end of uh, March, i will be done. And then I'm going to assess. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Simple
0: are you considering research. going vegetarian?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. considering. It would be really hard for me, though, because I love meat. I love a good hamburger. I think your, mm. your like, you know, taco search, I have a similar search for the best hamburger. Really?
0: Tell me about this.
1: Well, I, yeah, but I can't pursue it right now. So <laughs> I, I, I
0: there there's some decent really bean burgers
1: <laughs> and mushroom I've had, burgers. I've had them, and they're they're a step below, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll see. Next time you're
0: in LA, I have talk, or burger recommendations. Really? Oh, yeah.
1: i actually going to be there next week.
0: Have you been to Plan Check? Sure.
1: No. No? Plan Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't be eating meat by then, but mm. I'll check it next
0: time. Umami is another one. Huh. Actually, there's a whole list of them in LA. Yeah. um okay well but your veggie tacos are good
1: yeah they are very good yeah i love them it's amazing like how accustomed you become like the, the veggie stuff is like it becomes very satisfying yeah it's just really hard
0: well and there's like there's a lot of really great flavor in vegetables you know oh,
1: yeah. yeah. so
0: you're like this is what i want to do but where did that stem from
1: like what yeah well good question so um when I was younger, um, my cousin, who's quite a bit older than I, was struggled with pornography. You know, pretty in pretty, in a pretty significant way, mm-hmm. and uh, he ended up um, acting out in, in a way that was very inappropriate and illegal, and he went to prison. And uh, so that was a, a moment where, you know, I, I got a glimpse of of some of the struggles that people have. And this is, for him, this was pre, you know, he didn't really have a lot of access to the internet, so this was pre-internet for him. Mm. And um, and and so when I started to talk to my friends about this in college, you know, graduate high school, in college, and, and, and knew that, that he had struggled with this and that, you know, what what it had led him to in his life, I kind of thought, well, what is this issue? And is it is it, mm. you know, is it go beyond you know, personal belief, is there something to this? And if so, my goodness, like my peers, we're dealing with this to an uh, intensity and scale that no generation prior had had ever seen. And so I was really curious about it. So we started to do some research and uh, me and a few buddies uh, started to to dive in and understand it more. And and it just was like this eye-opening moment where we said, we got to help people understand the potential risks of this. We got to start a campaign to, to inform people of what, what's going on, because I don't think people realize just to what extent this is, you know, this is uh, impacting uh, young people. So, wow. and there's nothing, right? There's nobody wants to talk about this issue. So there's hmm. nothing out there really speaking to my peers, let alone generations younger than us. And so it was, it was kind of a challenge, you know, coming hmm. from a marketing agency, I, I kind of thought, you know, super taboo topic, Super difficult issue. super like, no, you know, bringing this into public schools, like, you know, not going to happen kind of thing. And how do we make that cool? Mm. How do we make that something that people not only will listen to and, and, and hear, but champion mm. and kind of own in, in some ways and, 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 you know, tap into this youthful led movement that... that uh... Anyway, so it was a challenge and, and we... I, I wanted, I wanted to do something that I felt like made a difference and mattered, and uh, it, it wasn't a hard decision for me. Honestly, it, it took me a weekend of like contemplating what I should do, and and I was like, I'm in. I'm going to leave this and go start this nonprofit, which I had no understanding of what nonprofits. I had never started a nonprofit. I didn't know nothing about <laughs> what it would take to sustain a nonprofit. And, but, but I was convicted. I was like, yeah. oh, man. I was like. You know, we had this, among my peer, among my friends that we started this together, we had this saying, it's like, burn the ships. It was kind of like, look, there's <laughs> right. no going back. Right, right, right. We're, we're moving forward, and we're going to make yeah. a difference, and we're going to try to do all we can to, to make a dent in this area. And, um, you know, we're, we're not going back to, to what it was.
0: They're no turning back. So then, so you start this nonprofit, like you said, you may not feel totally confident in knowing what to do (laughs) but you're like so driven charged up about making a difference in the world and just like the challenge of tackling something that no one else wants to touch yeah yeah Yeah. so how do you even like what does that look like how did how does the ideation of of like okay we wanted did you guys think we want to create a movement we want to make like like fighting against pornography cool
1: like what, what, I don't how do you know how at like, that time? I don't even know how baked it really was, mm. to be honest. Like, um, I remember, you know, we were we came up with a brand, um, and that we that uh, we came up with kind of a a, a Facebook page and and, and you know, that was fight the new drug. Yeah, back I then, right back ten then. years ago.
0: Yeah, ten years it, ago. You've never that's always been your name. It's always
1: been our name, you know. But for think, better or for okay. worse. No,
0: no, no, no. Tell me about that because I think, you know, like in master storytelling there's this idea of the hero fighting against evil yeah. and winning and and then like so why the name this idea of like you're bringing people on this it, it's like a it's an action word right and uh-huh. so it's like fight the new drug it's causes lots of curiosity like what is the new drug and what am i fighting and well should i be fighting Well what so I mean, I think it's brilliant. He how also did, how did this that didn't come about? Have
1: the word "porn" in it so that people wouldn't search the very thing that we were trying to. Sure. Accidentally stumble upon the thing that we were trying to tell them to avoid. So right, it's not like porn awareness society, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So um, all those things you described is exactly kind of the, the premise or the impetus for that name. We, hmm. we thought we wanted something uh, intriguing. We wanted something action-oriented. Like the, the the title of our organization is actually like a call to action. It's sure, like, yeah. Join us. It's it's this rally right? cry. New drug, right? Yeah. There was also a lot of new research at the time I- I- indicating the implications the harmful effects of pornography neurologically. And so we were kind of that was a new kind of spin. We were very familiar with the, uh, with campaigns like the Dare campaign or Truth campaign against tobacco, and we wanted something that was intriguing that that kind of lent itself to something that we could see in schools. Um, and that if you saw it on, the, on a billboard or a side of a bus or something you'd be like you know what is that and, and, and you know curiosity and, and curiosity peaked mm-hmm. and you'd want to um, find out more and it's also a rally cry so yeah. so that was the, the, the uh, name uh, the reason for the name and uh We started, you know, and, and I remember we didn't have any funds, like, no one told us, (laughs) you know, like, we didn't have any money to do anything, so.
0: Is your wife like, how are we going to feed ourselves and. Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) She was way more like poor thinking than I was. I was like, wouldn't you just do this? And, uh, but it got to the point where, you know, we didn't have any money and we were talking to a lot of people.
0: You're like, okay, your wife's, you're getting going and. Yeah,
1: we we had no funding. I, I remember. You know trying to figure out like how we're going to do this we, we we did everything from phone with our friends like we did the door-to-door knocking uh,
0: oh yeah was fun times so court, yeah
1: literally went door-to-door and we're not supposed to you you have to have permits for that We mm-hmm. didn't do that so we just went door-to-door knocking and didn't make anything we finally held a an event uh, at little america where we got the governor of utah to come Ooh. and other people and raised some awareness, which then led us to find our first donor, mm. Roger Boyer of the Boyer Company in Solid mm. City. And, and that changed everything. All of a sudden we, we you know, had enough to, to actually dedicate full time. And it was just me at the time. So we had enough to, to hire one person and it was me. So I, I jumped in and literally it was me in, in like a, a empty space office and uh, with a computer trying to figure out who we were because he said like well did you know you wanted to do x y and z he's like no we didn't know anything like Mm. i started writing up like a a creed and a and and a and a pledge and like i was thinking okay how are we going to shape this how are we going to connect with young people and and uh resonate with them on this difficult topic and i got a phone call from a school counselor who said is this is this fight the new drug i'd never received a phone call from anybody about fighting drugs so I was like so proud it's like yes this is fighting drugs how can I help you just <laughs> like myself huh? and uh he he's like well do you do school presentations I'd never thought about doing school presentations I'm like of course we do yes absolutely we do Thank all you the time you make it, right all the time <laughs> amen
0: I'll <laughs> see if was, I can like, fit you in my schedule yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah let me see if i got some openings um and he's like can you come to this day and I said yeah absolutely so I hung up the phone and that that uh, started this like complete blitz on, on, on what the heck I'm gonna say to these mm. high school kids. Yeah. And uh, since then, that was at least good enough to get the next and the next and the next. Yeah, been, yeah. You know, thousands now over the years wow. with multiple presenters and multiple countries. and Multiple languages. Mm. Multiple languages and wow. uh, it's been. You've presented uh, in Spanish. I, I have, yes. Not yeah. well, but yes, I have. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been journey. Uh, and, and you talk about branding. Like, branding was at the core uh, and the experience uh, was at the core, uh, even at the very beginning. Even though we weren't sure exactly what the tentacles were going to look like, how we were going to like specifically teach, uh, speak to them, we knew that from from an experiential standpoint, uh, those that engage with our, our material, our brand in any way, we knew that like that was going to be the linchpin mm. to connecting with this uh, generation and make an impact so yeah. so how have you done that how have you, like so you've had
0: yeah like what does that look like what does that linchpin look like for you guys i mean you're beyond the great logo that you have and uh you know you have i uh, you know you flip through your annual report and it's like looking at an urban like a young urban fashion mag you know like looking through this and you're like wow this is and this is all about meaningful stories and but but super cool people of all stripes and shapes and and um, walks of life uh so how so what exactly does that brand experience look like for you yeah and for fight the new drug
1: i would say that with fight the new drug um and with any organization really um branding Starts with culture. Um, I, think, I think you've got to really uh, focus in on your, your organization's culture internally, because that's going to then permeate it externally. Totally. Everything you do, you can't fake that. You know, we we had a culture, even though we weren't necessarily very conscious. You know, we weren't like reading culture books and like implementing these five strategies into our organization. We were just kind of like running, but the the natural culture that was developing within our organization really is what kind of like manifests itself in the co- in the branding experience that, that, that people saw and, and, and started to engage with. So, you know, our culture was really steeped in righting social wrong and kind of this, this, this burn the ships mentality, mm-hmm. this kind of you know, rally cry where, where we are collectively, I mean, there's an incredible buy-in to the mission internally. Um, whether you're selling tacos or, uh, you know, writing a social wrong or whatever it is, like, uh, you know, getting really passionate about the mission of the organization, what you really is kind of core. And if you can get your team really focused in on that, the level of passion and dedication and innovation that read through that experience is you can't force that innovation. You can't, you can't incentivize that in, in innovation. That comes out of sheer human will. And, uh, huh. and that's that's something that really has helped drive fighting drug. Those that are engaged in fighting drug, from a, an employment standpoint, and from the kind of a larger following standpoint, the, the level of passion and dedication to the mission far exceeds any sort of loyalty to a specific logo, and that's what we rally behind. The logo mm. is simply kind of a a visual cue to the mission we could change the logo and the mission would still be there and and that's what we're that's what we're about and uh so i say i think it starts there I it starts yeah. the culture. and i think that also really getting familiar for us really getting familiar with who we're targeting you know you talk to entrepreneurs all the time and they say okay so so who's your target mark and they said well the, you know our our software or our thing it's for everybody he's like okay you know like uh, yeah i hate hearing like it's for everybody because there is a truth to that, like, hey, this message be heard by everybody. It doesn't change the fact that, that we got so pinpointed on who our demographic was, mm. who our target market was, that he, uh, we, ha- we created a fake persona. Yeah. He has a name. What's his name? His name's Josh. Okay. Uh, he lives in Southern California. Okay. We have a whole profile, 40 pages of who this kid is. He's 17 years old. Okay. Um, he, he, we know what li- what his playlists are, which, by the way, evolve. Shr- know, of our, course. Uh, the playlists that we started with You know, have changed over the years, and we had to change that um, uh, each year. He's we're still three- 17, though, right? He's, he's perpetually 17. <laughs> and he's also perpetually undecided on whether or not he's going to follow our movement. Uh, he's perpetually kind of... He's influenced. curious about it. He's curious. He's not decided against or for, and so we're perpetually trying to convince Josh. Put him over the edge. Uh, uh, yeah, push him over the edge. And so, and, and Josh is influential among his peers, but he's not like necessarily the, the ringleader. Uh, and, and so as we talk about Josh nice. and, and all the details around him, and we've had so many powwows around Josh, even visual cues and boards that we've created <laughs> around Josh. Um, it's brilliant. We can get it's Josh powerful. Forward, if we can get Josh to, to resonate and connect and, and move in the way that we need him to move, uh, from an attitudes and perceptions level, um, then the number of individuals that, that, that Josh represents and, and follow Josh and look up to Josh, we have an, the biggest possible impact among our demographic. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want to talk to young adults in college. Yes, we want to connect with parents and help them ed- educate them. But Josh is our core. Josh is our focal point. And so, we, in, in our organization, we're constantly saying, would Josh what would, like that? What would Josh, what say? Would Josh say? And I'm, you know, as I age, I'm perpetually aging, you know, where we all are, but Josh never does. So, you know, I have to rely less on my own gut intuition as far as like, what is cool, what is hip, what is, what is going to connect. And I have to rely on who Josh is today versus who he was yesterday. <clears throat> so,
0: what have you found in, in all of your advocacy work that has made the experience with Fight the New Drug so effective? I mean, you've reached millions of people. You have tens of thousands on your app that helps people combat their own personal por- pornography use or, or or advocating, you know, their weaning off of that and yeah. hitting goals and targets and things. Um, what's been the most effective at reaching them?
1: Uh, I, think, I think that's kind of the, the beauty of it, is that, um, uh, you know, I think that, that Pride and Drug has been su- as successful as it is, partly due to the fact that, you know, I, sometimes they say, we didn't start a movement. The movement was already there. The electricity of interest was there. It was We kind of organized it through a brand. Because the reality is that this issue is more pervasive and harmful than any other time in human history, and and everybody has a story. Everybody. Everybody's dealing with this in some way, whether it's themselves, uh, a partner, or somebody they know or, or or you know their their connection with um, victims or people struggle. whatever it is they have a story and so uh, when we say kind of what messages speak to yeah. what's the most powerful message it's interesting because different messages speak to different people yeah. uh, you know when we talk about the pornography's connection to to different societal ills, uh, including sex trafficking and other forms of exploitation. You know, for a lot of people, that's the light under their seat where they need to kind of say, yeah. like, you know what, that's it. I don't want to support that kind of cruelty, or violence, or, or objectification, or you know uh, trafficking, and therefore, uh, what can I do to, to right that wrong? For other people, it's the, the, the more intimate connections with them and their close ones and saying like, look, this is this has been proven through research and studies that this is gonna influence that very most important precious relationship and I don't want that to, to impact that and so I'm gonna resonate and, and kind of rise above and, and, and fight for real love and connection. Because fighting the drug is really more of a movement for um, mm-hmm. uh, a variety of things than it is against anything. So it's mm-hmm. for real love and real connection, it's for, uh, people, uh, you know, fighting for those that are seeking freedom and needing support and help and resources, and it's for those that are, are being victimized and that need that need a voice, that don't have one. And so, you know, fighting drugs is really about rising up culturally and, and kind of linking arms to say, this has has com- completely engulfed our culture and society in a way that is wreaking havoc, and we need to kind of rise up for all of these um, areas and. And, uh, and people that are uh, dealing with this in, in all the different uh, categories and, and, uh, and move in a better direction. So um, I, I would say that for if you gave me a profile of somebody, I could probably identify what message speaks to yeah. that profile m- uh, most. But there, there's such a, uh, it's such a big issue and it has so many tentacles that, uh, that uh, I think that there's a, there's, there's a message that will connect with, with almost everybody. Uh, wherever they are, whatever age they are. Yeah,
0: and something that resonates with them on a personal level. And I I mean, I really like what you said about, yes, it is about fighting the harmful effects of pornography, but it's, I love that you said it's more about like creating real connection. Yeah. Love that's like lost in our society. Um, How have you seen... That message resonate powerfully with people that you talk to.
1: Yeah, um, you know, when we first started, um, our focus wasn't necessarily on love. It was just more on like, here are the harms of pornography. Here's the research. And over time, we saw that uh, it really kind of boiled down to connections with people. Um, more particularly, our, our intimate connections, but but it goes way beyond that. Like it, our, you know, all of our connections, and and as we started to frame the messaging around those connections and love and relationships, we started to see a, a massive diff- a shift in in people's um, you know passion for the message um, and their willingness to hear it, because that 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 kind of that's where the rubber hits the road, and it kind of hit close to home for a lot of people, mm. and so that that. Uh, you know, love is where we all find a lot of joy in life, right? Love with our peers, our friends, our family. Um, our, you know, that's where so much happiness is found. And and uh, and when something is shown to, to kind of impact that negatively, uh, you want to you want to know. You want to be aware so you can move in a better direction.
0: For sure. You know, as I've talked with uh, business leaders and and others, we're we're, we're in this society of um, where we're so hyper-connected with our screens and with social media and with everything else going on that we are really disconnected and lack a lot of what you're saying. Like, we lack a lot of real connection. We lack a lot of real love. Real interactions that that, like you said, fuel us and fill us with with goodness and and happiness and light and and all of that. And from many business leaders, that I talk about are you know those that are really forward thinking are combating that in whatever their business is about. You know whether it's. Um, shoes or socks or uh, software or granola bars or whatever it is they're bringing about like this connection with real meaningful interaction and connection with people and as you're doing this with your organization it seems like on even a higher level you're you're impacting people's lives forever yeah, but with I think, in, in very meaningful ways.
1: But I think that you're, you're touching on a, a very key point, and that is that uh, any brand, uh, when we talk about brand experience, um, uh, needs to connect their customer with whatever they're selling with their product. And uh, whether your product is actually love yeah. you know, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. your product is shoes or tacos, you know that you know if you can't connect with your customer on an emotional level, yeah, and, and provide that 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 uh, experience that that um, you know perpetuates that emotional connection, you're, you know the best brands that's what they succeed at. That's yeah. what they do. Yep. And and if you can't achieve that, you're not going to have nearly the impact or grow nearly to the level that you could otherwise.
0: Hmm. I would imagine that over the years you've had a lot of really amazing personal experiences with people that have told you their story, shared with you how their life is different and better because of the efforts that you've done to help them. Is there any particular story that stands out about how you've impacted people individually, personally?
1: Here's a story I want to share. So, okay. I think the real power in what we've been able to do at Fighting Drug is, you know, people always ask me, what's the difference or, I want to start a movement. I want to start a movement. And, and there's a difference between a campaign and a message and a movement. Yeah. And one of the big di- differences between a campaign mm-hmm. and a movement is ownership. It, uh, in a movement, the, the followers, the customers, the, fi- the, the people that are... The in, fighters. The fighters, as we call them. <laughs> they, they There needs to be a level of ownership that yeah. they have control over the messaging. Whereas in a campaign, you're simply kind of putting a nice, you know... Uh, polished uh, you know, experience and you know, thrown out there and have people interact with them, that's great. And most people fall into the campaign around when they really want to be a movement, but in order for that movement, you have to like relinquish some ownership. We've been able to do that with Fight the New Drug to the to level that we create and create and create but the real change is happening through the fighters. They're the ones opening their mouths and, and telling the stories. And those are my favorite as they send messages back to us and tell us their story about how you know, they wore uh, one of our T-shirts to to uh, this, this concert, and they opened up this huge dialogue. Or. They organized a 5K in their community and it opened up this whole communication. Or they, they did a screening of our documentary series in their area and, and, and tons of people showed up and, and it, it opened up some healing experiences. Uh, one of these experiences of, of, uh, that I want to share that I think is pretty cool is a, a guy named Garrett Johnson who, this is just a study, he's become a dear friend and he, without us knowing, he didn't tell us, he just started to, he, he, was, he was fed up with pornography. Uh, and he had a level of ownership into kind of the movement and wanted to make a difference. On one of our t-shirts and every day for 30 days he ran a marathon in a row sequentially so three days and he and he and he wore handcuffs every day symbolizing the addictive nature of pornography and breaking while the he day. was running r- mar- while he was running so 30 marathons in 30 days after he handcuffed. finished handcuffed and we found out at the very end and we like joined him on the last day saying like hey dude and he's like, and he was the whole time it was like all to, to raise awareness on on this issue and 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 so then A month later, he literally said to his wife, he's like, I want to do something more. So he decided to ride his bike from uh, Virginia to San Francisco um, across the United States by himself uh, in a tent, uh, wearing a t-shirt, having people sign it as he goes, raising awareness. And so it's interesting, people kind of think, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. Now, I'm not saying people need to run 30 events in 30 days, but he used his own capacity, his own desire, and got creative with the movement and, and decided, like, this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how I'm going to share this message. And I thought, I thought it was a beautiful uh, example. And there's so many others that I could share of people kind of taking ownership and, and raising awareness on their own through their own creative means. And we get to kind of hear it and say do awesome and we, we try to empower as much of that as possible so I, um i am changed by their stories mm. and I, I think that we forget how much influence we can have one of my favorite quotes of all time is by a man named edward Everett hale and he said that um i am only one but i am one i cannot do everything but i can do something and i will not let what i cannot do interfere with what i can do basically saying, like, look, you know, whatever the daunting task is in front of you, whatever you're trying to achieve and it might seem like a Mount Everest to you, like, uh, sometimes we think, well, who am I? I don't have influence. I don't have political sway. I don't have money. I don't have platform. And the reality is that I think we, we grossly underestimate our capacity mm. to change others' lives. Mm. We grossly minimize our 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 influence on others. And uh I've had to learn that, they've had to teach that to me as I've seen so many people kind of rise to the occasion Mm -hmm. amid them, so.
0: How has that felt to you personally? Like, from a fulfillment perspective?
1: (laughs) Uh, It's been, uh, words probably can't describe it. uh, Again, humbling and and a sense of uh, gratitude, just, um, you know, when we started this back in college 10 years ago, uh, we want to do something we wanted to make it done and to see where it's gone again not by our own through our own hands but through the hands of, of the fighters like where we've seen it gone, go um, is beyond any of our imagination beyond what we, what we thought was possible and um, it inspires me to continue to look into, into myself and say okay what more can I do what more can we Collectively, what what how can I use my current influence to better uh, uh, you know, support people on their journey? Soon.
0: And that that impact is measured in people that have said that they no longer have pornography addiction. It's measured in like a reduction of sex trafficking. Like, how is it that you look at your impact?
1: Yeah. So there's a variety of ways that we measure impact. Um, uh, there's broad stroke uh, measurements of uh, you know how many people are kind of joining the movement to, sure. to rally behind it, but then there's, there's
0: participants the, in your programs, yeah, things like all that. that kind yeah. Of thing.
1: But then, then we have um, uh, you know what we really kind of hang our hat on is impact uh, to attitudes and perceptions uh, from a societal, societal mm-hmm. level. So we measure pre and post surveys to all the schools that we go to speak at, we're able to see kind of their attitudes and perceptions before we met with them and attitudes and perceptions after, about a month after. And uh, we we're able to hmm. see a significant swing in the direction of kind of greater understanding and knowledge on the topic, which influences behaviors uh, and attitudes dramatically. So uh, we were very, you know, very happy with kind of where we're at, but there's always room to improve.
0: So what is, where, where what does the future hold for Fight the New Drug? What is this year looking like? What is what do the next several years look like?
1: You know, I think that we're taking this our this, um, brand and we're kind of expanding it internationally. We're doing a lot of work. Uh, we just got back from Nepal and Spain and Guatemala oh, wow. and New Mexico. And, um, and so we're really looking to kind of take a lot of the content material, and and, um, translated, We're now we have our website translated into five languages Mm. right now and we're working on others. We're looking, it's pretty shallow translation, so we're looking at kind of deepening the content and Mm. deepening kind of how much, how many resources we provide in those languages. We're certifying presenters in those countries, Mm. so there's local support uh, to to present that message. And we've just released a three-part documentary series that we're going to be translating into multiple languages to really scale uh, faster than we otherwise could. I think that fighting drug will never stop to to try to... Sadly, this issue is quite such a large issue and the the momentum is, on a global level, very much heading in the other direction. So there there will never be a time, sadly, that that, uh, fighting drug's message is not relevant. I I wish that weren't true. I wish that we could kind of get to a place where like, okay, we're all good, we all know now, and we can kind of just like deal with it uh, accordingly. Uh, we don't see as much on, on uh, education around tobacco anymore because that's was a pretty common understanding there now, and and sadly I don't know if we'll ever get there with this issue. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, we're just we're just getting started. I
0: know, but I mean you and you've had but you've had so so much success and so much awareness and people's lives that have been changed. You've had this impact globally, so you've had this tremendous impact, and it's only increasing to what do you attribute two or three things to that level of success that you've had in building this movement that people have signed on to? They're fighters.
1: Okay, so I would say probably three things that have really made a difference for us is, one, uh, is a healthy sense of naivety. That's going to sound a little funny, but like if somebody would have told me, you know, some of the challenges that we would have faced or the difficulties we would have had, getting off the ground, you know, starting a non not knowing anything about that world and and trying to, you know, grow this this, this national and international organization and all the complications and challenges that come along with. And then this sort of applies to anybody, any entrepreneur trying to start anything, really. You know, sometimes we, you know, entrepreneurs are a, a special breed because sometimes, you know, other people will just logically walk away saying, like, oh, it's not worth it. Like, right? I, I'm looking at what's, what's <laughs> ahead yeah. and, like, I'd rather just go get this right. number five, right? But sometimes there's this like healthy dose of naivety that like you know allows you to kind of be blind to some of those issues and and take this 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 attitude of you know whatever it takes and I'm in it for the long haul and burn the ships uh, and bur- you know, burn the ships and we're going and I think that uh, I definitely uh, uh, had my and I still hope to I never hope to, I I hope to never lose that healthy sense of naivety because yeah. it allows you to go places where others wouldn't mm. and and do things. And without that, you know, are you really going to achieve anything very innovative and just extreme? I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's no. really possible. So I'd say number one is a healthy dose of naivety. Cool. Number two, I'd say persistence. There will be so many moments on your journey that you want to throw in the towel. And it makes sense to throw in the towel and there's opportunities. That await you that are far better and kind of more secure that allow you to throw in that towel i think one of the biggest differences between successful entrepreneurs and and entrepreneurs that kind of dip their toe and kind of don't really ever get off the ground this kind of attitude of um continuing to keep going get back up get back up you get get hit on this side you pivot you figure it out on this side and there is never a a quit kind of a sense so that's number two number three i'd say team uh i think that uh you know getting the right team involved. Uh, you know, I always say that when I'm hiring, you know, people with a cause specifically. You know, there's people that come out of the woodwork saying, like, "I'll take out the garbages. I'll do whatever it takes. Like, just get me involved." And, and and I I ask this question to a lot of people. I say, "So if there's two people in front of you, one was just passionate beyond you know description, and they want to help in whatever way they can, and you got another person." that is like, you know, they're, they're on board, but they're not like crazy passionate, but this person is like passionate about their craft, and this person, you know, is just, you know, they'll figure out the craft, which one do you hire? All day long, every day, this guy. Because passion is kind of a, a, something that can ebb and flow, and, and everything turns into a job eventually. You gotta find people that are passionate about their craft, that, that at, the, at the end of the day, they, they can't wait to kind of solve that new challenge, uh, that, that, that issue and, and hit that. The, the passion for the cause or whatever can grow inside as, as they understand the issue more, but they've got to love what they do and they've got to do it better than anybody else. And so team is a huge piece of like creating a successful uh, uh, company. And then the last one I'd say is that you know we have a mantra at our organization is home runs, not base hits. You know, there's so many, uh efforts particularly in the nonprofit space but in any space there's kind of like okay with mediocrity yes. okay with kind of like saying well this is good enough and um and whenever possible we're saying like let's swing for the fence go all the way home runs and that that includes like the design the branding the experience you know everything everything that that person the customer touches or engages with like how can you go all the way with it how can you create a home run experience and not a basic experience and if you can combine those things i don't know they're vague but like. If you combine those, I mean, you have a recipe for success for sure.
0: How are those home run experiences designed from your perspective? And by design, I mean it could be visual, it could be audio, it could be live in person. What are the things that make that a home run experience for everyone that's touching Fight the New Drug?
1: Well, first of all, I would say that we don't... We don't always hit home runs, right? <laughs> you yeah. know,
0: that's no, the nature we, no of it. But yeah. you're shooting for, you're and aiming you, for the fences. You aim for
1: the fences. You don't allow Course. yourself to aim for the base, and sometimes you get a base hit, and sometimes you have a flop. And we definitely had our our share of flops and mistakes and misguided decisions. But uh, but uh, when we get it right, we get it right, and and that's what's was kind of fun, and that's what really energizes the team. <clears throat> so <clears throat> when we when we're looking at a particular project, like. For example, uh, the documentary series, The Brain Heart World, yeah, just came out. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is, wow, powerful. You know,
1: we, we, we really wanted to go after the home run for that. So uh, we enlisted people that were capable of home runs. We enlisted uh, filmmakers and script writers and experts, and we rallied, and, and it, like, we worked on that thing for nearly four years. Wow. Uh, so it wasn't this kind of, like, you know, idea at the beginning of the year, like, hey, let's launch that right by summer. This is something that took a lot of consideration and everything from the voice of it to the tone of it to, the to, you know, we, we want to make sure that these are the messages that are, that are kind of experienced. We want to make sure that there's humor to it. We want to make sure that it connects in these ways and that there's a strong emotional connection. And there's a lot of research and science to validate all the points. And as so we traveled the world kind of curating all this content way more than we could fit, possibly fit into a documentary series, and then this, we start whittling it together, and so um, you know, taking the time, uh, enlisting the talent, um, and and really kind of bringing it back to who you know, who it's influencing, mm-hmm. and, and doing focus groups. We did focus groups along mm-hmm. the way because we didn't trust you know ourselves, so we said like you know what 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 do you think? And so when you when possible, you know, even if even if you don't have the, the hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars that you need to kind of do it. In the home run that you have in, in your mind, there's still a way to kind of hit the, the home mm. run. You always have the ability. I would say that don't allow resources to to be the dictator of whether you can hit a home run or not. That's not true. That's not true. You can hit uh, uh, versions of home runs with whatever you have access to, and, and there are plenty of examples of that. with kind of like DIY kind of production or DIY kind of. You know, there are people that have succeeded on massive levels that didn't have a lot. And so uh, there's a, don't let a budget be an excuse for not getting a home run. Uh, it just means that you have to be more clever. It just means that you more have to clever, be creative, more scrappy, more... more... scrappy. And I think that it actually it forces you down a path where ultimately the end product can actually be better because it forces you to be really... Like, every decision has to be really spot on hmm. uh, in order for that more scrappy... Uh, effort to, to reach home run stats. So, mm. um, I think that if you have a, a culture of, of home runs, not base hits, uh, and if you try to push that continuously, your team is going to naturally, you know, start a project with that in mind. Yeah. Like, okay, here's where we want to be. Right. We got to scale it back, but it's not going to change that our destination is that fence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, what are some other driving forces, uh, like values, that, that really propel and influence all of your decisions as an organization?
1: Well, um, for us at Fight the New Drug, you know, we're speaking to youth, right? Uh, a lot of our messages speak to youth. And, and so we knew early on uh, that we needed to kind of frame our message to, to resonate with that. In fact, when we started you know, 10 years ago, we did a survey uh, and we uh, asked Individuals' youth. Uh, we were able to get respondents that were in that age range, and we asked them in one word to describe what they thought of anti porn and porn culture or, or pornography. And they described pornography as hip, cool, young, fresh, rebellious, and like a cool stick to the man kind of way. They described anti-porn as like old, outdated, not cool, super judgmental, all these things, and we're like, oh my goodness, this is like right as we were starting. We're like, oh my goodness, we've got an uphill battle. (laughs) Like, you know, like which one do you think youth want to connect with more or resonate (laughs) with more? Right. And which one is like social suicide to associate with? (laughs) Right. We were like, okay, all right. Uh, And again, as a as a as a marketing guy, as as a filmmaker, as a brand guy, I was like very much like, okay, this is an intriguing challenge like can we right. make this cool for young people to kind of not only connect with but resonate with champion? as i said earlier so so um so that started us down the path to say okay let's take a cue from porn and porn culture that everything that embodies that in their mind and kind of spin it over to the other category which is anti-porn and say okay we need to make this cool hip young fresh you know
0: awesome and how have you made it hip cool young fresh well, to be anti-porn. Uh, so,
1: so our mantra at, at Fightin' a Drug is make it cool first and informative second. If we've rehearsed that, we've lost them, right? You, we got to like think about okay how is this going to connect with them on a on a just an experiential level first and then yeah let's pepper in the research and make sure that they kind of grasp like if this is validated and so-and-so said this and whatever but but really like this is cool i want to be associated look, look who's presenting that's that's a cool young guy like i'm doing less of those by the way because i'm, I'm getting older but uh, you know we got younger guys like they are more kind of a more we want to be more peer-to-peer than than kind of an authoritative finger wag. Mm-hmm. so so yeah
0: what else does that visually look like because you you know obviously teens are are super visually oriented yes you know they my first
1: hire my first hire uh, was a designer before anybody else why because mm. I knew how central design and visual uh, visuals are going to be to our message we needed to make fighting drug much bigger than we actually were. I loved it. actually I love like running into people back in the day when, you know, they, they saw us online and they saw everywhere and they'd come to our office and at the time, you know, we were like three people. And they're like, this can't be the headquarters, <laughs> you know. And it was like it was kind of a, a testament to to the great work of our designers and, sure. and, and and the work that was being done there to like to make us look bigger than we actually were. So everything
0: from like your website look to T-shirt design uh, to, to our photo
1: shoots to make us oh, like, yeah. massive. Oh yeah. You know, movement. we threw at the very early. We threw a concert, a free concert where thousands of people came because we brought in, we, we brought in a big band, parachute to come in and, cool. and, uh, yeah. and uh, do a concert, and so we got tons of footage that, to make us, you know, to make it look bigger and <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, we just you know pulled out all the stops trying to, to, to swing them for the fences. Said, yeah, swing for the fences all the way.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, I mean congratulations on the success that you've had it's it's amazing to see and to, to, to be a part of as well and to see you guys what you've done to to take something and like like you said you're completely switched the roles there and the description that people have of porn and anti porn you know a lot of people, a lot of leaders in your position, whether they're running a nonprofit or whether they're running a business, a lot of them may want to create this like amazing experience for all of their, you know, their target audience. Their Joshes, right? Um, they want to create this amazing experience, but it sometimes can seem daunting. With your experience, what advice would you have for someone that wants to just like what is what is something that they could do today or within the next 24 hours to dial up? the positivity or the connection or the uh effectiveness of the brand experience like one thing that maybe is a little bit more actionable and doable and where they're not like creating a you know a 10-year strategy for whatever but what would be one thing that you would suggest that they do
1: well i think that first of all like uh uh fighting drugs no exception to this like it takes a long time to dial it in right yeah you don't expect it to come overnight like, figure yourself out over time and iterate and learn and pivot and constantly be learning regardless if you're on the top or on the bottom. Like, never stop learning and innovating. I think one thing, and we kind of alluded to this earlier on. Yeah. Uh, one thing that, that uh, I think entrepreneurs and, and, and business leaders can do that maybe not a lot do. Maybe, I think it's, it's not as common as we like to think is, like, really narrow your audience down. I know you want to think that it's applicable to all, but Mm -hmm. you figure out who you're talking to and then profile them. Whether you give them a name or not, it doesn't matter, but profile them and then take that profile of who they are. They're, they're, you know, middle-aged, they're they're 30 years old. Try to get as specific as possible. They're they're female and and they they live in this area and, and this is kind of their... And then take that and then compare it to your current brand and say, uh, we're, off <laughs> we're off base, we're off yeah. base, we're doing all these things that are kind of distraction to this. We've got to really narrow our, fo- uh, our focus on, let's double down on these three, fa- uh, these three product lines or this you know, initiative uh, and, and kind of maybe let this die down a little bit because we're spreading ourselves too thin. Mm. Uh, really get focused because if you hit, again, this comes to the base hits. You can do a lot of, if you spread yourselves really wide in a lot of markets and a lot of audiences, you can do everything decent. Go for the gold. On the one, and then and then you can do another goal, and then you can do another gold, and then pretty soon you are as wide as you were, but you start with one. Yeah. Start in, in one area, one category that you can own, you can dominate, and then I, your your growth and trajectory uh, is compounded if you take that strategy versus trying to tackle it all at once.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Powerful. Great advice.
1: So when we, yeah. when we were first starting Fighting Drug, I remember before we had funding, before anything, we were just like going out there trying to trying to figure ourselves out. Yeah. And uh, I remember we had just kind of printed new business cards, and it was our first business card. And for any entrepreneur, you know, getting your first business card is kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> like, you, like, you so smell, it's, like <laughs> it's like, it means a lot, right? right? So for me, it meant a lot that I had yeah. this business card. And uh, I remember I was meeting with an organization that was going to possibly partner with us, and uh, they were pretty... They looked at us as kind of like we were nothing. We were college students. We knew nothing. You know, they they, they weren't very shy about showing that emotion, or they 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 very much let us know that they were not impressed by us. Um, And and they were also interested in kind of doing an initiative around this issue. And but they were a massive organization with a lot of resources. And I came to the table, and I was like, you know, young and you know, you know, totally excited about the future. And. I handed him my card, uh, as all entrepreneurs do, and he looked at it. He pulled it up, and it said, "Fight the new drug." And at that time, we were very ambitious. We hadn't done anything. We didn't even have a website. But it said, "The global campaign against pornography." That's how ambitious we were—like, just like, go for the fence, right? So, so he uh, he reads that, and he and he literally starts laughing. He goes, <laughs> and he points it to his colleagues, "The global campaign." And I wanted to reach across that table, grab him by the collar, and punch him in the face. But of course, I didn't. I was just like, okay but uh, you know there's there's so many people that want to kind of push you down you know make put you in your place like you don't know anything you just you're you're in college who are you you've never done this you've never you don't know what you're doing and and that comes back to to this idea of having a little bit of musical or or naivety right Mm. This, this idea that that, uh, look, uh, you are more capable than you think you are. You can do it. And just keep moving, be persistent. Yeah. And I think that uh, I, I wish I could find that individual now and kind of just talk to him and say, like, we, we did take it global, <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, you know, I, you're going to hear a lot of no's, but don't take them. Keep moving. Powerful.
0: Well, thanks again for taking the time uh, and for sharing your story with such like, raw emotion and, and just real passion. You're, I mean, you're changing lives, and it's very real. And, you know, 10 years, like, looking back, gosh, that's got to feel pretty amazing. Thanks, man. Yeah, I know, it's been so wonderful, and I'm so excited for people to hear some of these, the different things that you've done that have, that have really created this powerful movement around something that not very many people would, would touch. You know, and so I congratulate you for your, your for swinging for the fences, for being brave, the brave leader that you are, and showing us all what different things we can do to be successful. So, no thank thanks. you. Thank you. And yeah, you tacos too. Yeah, yeah, and the veg—they nailed it for you. <laughs> Special thanks to our host El Mexiquense for creating the ideal place for us to talk about breakthrough culture, brand experience, and human connection. Handmade tortillas were impressive, and the grilled pineapple was a nice touch on the pastor tacos for sure. Join the taco journey on my website. You are not going to want to miss out on the resources, courses, and of course, the national taco tour I'm planning when I launch the book, Search for the Perfect Taco. So follow me on social media, subscribe to my channel, and tune in to another episode of Taco Incidents, where we'll continue to explore the secrets to level up your culture, brand experience, human connection, and your taco game.